politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, and our property. Here at CR Podcast, this is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here for Tuesday, July 19th, the anniversary of the date the Rosetta Stone was discovered, 1799, I believe, by a French soldier during one of Napoleon's campaigns in Egypt. And where is our Rosetta Stone to politics? Where is our guide that will decipher where we go? And the the answer is it's going to take divine providence, but we have to be willing to do something new, to change our modus operandi, to change our mentality, to alter our strategies. We're going to have the one and only Jesse Kelly on coming up to discuss this. This has been a pet peeve of his how the new right needs to behave as opposed to the old right, which I think is very, very important. But, you know, today is primary day where I live in Maryland. It's the only state that conducts a primary uh, middle of the summer like this. And my phone is blowing up. People are even coming to my door. Hey, Daniel, who do I vote for? And first off, if nothing else, it just demonstrates what I've been saying all along, that there is a need to replace primaries with state conventions. So you have the activists who know who these people are making informed choices. But moreover, you know, all these people, if you have drag hour story going on in our local library, which we do, and we have a pretty good community here. It's a blue county, but but the neighborhood is red. You could get on their case. You could do a lot. You could get angry and engaged in a positive way every day between each election. But they don't, and it's just in the DNA of our people to obsessively care about elections. I'm not saying not to vote, but we need to recognize you cannot vote your way out of this. And that's even if you had good candidates. And that's partly because you need to germinate a climate where our issues come to the forefront. You know, I'm watching, I was just watching a Maryland candidate was up on Fox for Maryland's 6th District, and I don't really have much of an opinion on that. I, I, don't, I don't live there, but it's this young 25-year-old, and he's like, the number one issue is the economy, number two and number three. And I'm thinking, you could have said that pretty much almost every election since 1789, the economy. And don't get me wrong, I mean, the economy has never been this bad, inflation's never been this bad, and that's going to be really, inflation's the most evident thing people are going to see every day and experience. But is that the point? That's one of the many results. The point is liberty and tyranny. I mean, Biden's considering um, going for an emergency declaration for for heat waves in the summer, just like they're doing in, in England. We, we have mask mandates, criminalizing human breathing coming back. Again, they dis- it's as if this never happened. And it's not just the vitality of the medical freedom issue, the bodily autonomy issue. It's everything that represents where it's coming from, who's behind it, and where it's headed. The economy, as we explained, is downstream from that. The inflation was created by COVID fascism, destroying the supply chains and pumping $10 trillion into the economy. Uh, chasing, you know, a scarce number of products. That is the issue. And I can't even find people running on it because we don't demand it. 
So that's, that's the question today. How do we change? Now, one thing about the economy you can do is find the cheapest goods and services that actually support our message here. Um, look, I don't mean to be morbid here, but there are a lot of people dying suddenly, <laughs> whether it's from mysterious things, whether it's from the clot shot. Now is the time you have to make sure you have enough life insurance. The reality is that most people need 10 times more coverage than they typically get from their employer. And you really do need to supplement, especially if you're like me, you have a family with four kids, young kids. That's why I recommend Policy Genius. Policy Genius is not an insurance company, but what they do is they help you shop online, give you the peace of mind that you are getting the cheapest, cheapest rates. Okay? So it's very user-friendly. You click on the link, policygenius.com slash Daniel. Answer a couple questions about yourself. In minutes, you have personalized quotes that are very easy to use. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Moreover, their licensed experts will help you understand your options and apply for a policy. Uh, their team there at Policy Genius, um, again, they're not an insurance company, so you can earn, you, you could trust them to offer unbiased help because they earn it through you, through getting these customers, and they don't add extra fees, they don't sell to third parties. Since 2014, Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance and placed 120 billion in coverage. Head over right now to policygenius.com slash Daniel to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save today. Okay, so, you know, one of, one of the things just to demonstrate that what we're doing is not working, that the party is not changing. As I mentioned yesterday, there's not even a promise of them changing. They're not even showing in the minority that they're different. Everyone by now should realize, if they didn't realize at first, that Ukraine was a ploy by the oligarchs and Klaus Schwab and the WEF to get us sucked in to an off-topic war with Russia, flush a bunch of money that they're laundering in Ukraine for God knows what, and um, create this supply chain shortage. And, and really, the, the last burst, I mean, inflation was bad, but when it, where it reached crisis levels was really because of our Ukraine policies and the sanctions on Russia, which were just stupid. And, you know, I'm sick of conservatives typically like sounding hawkish. But you can't, first of all, it's not advisable to go to war with Russia at this stage of life with what we're dealing with and who is and isn't our biggest strategic threat. But moreover, if you're going to do it, we're not in a position of strength to do it. We did it from a position of weakness. Okay? And, and, and you know, I, I understand a lot of these Republicans would agree with us and say, well, we should be drilling and Biden's, you know, destroying our economy. Okay, but Biden did destroy our economy. So you don't exactly have a leg to stand on by poking Russia. It's just stupid. It, it, it accomplishes nothing but harming consumers in America and all over the world. So now we want to add Finland and Sweden on their border. Why? NATO is communist. NATO is a bigger problem than Russia. Sue me if you don't like what I'm saying. But the reality is, stop with this nostalgia about NATO. Why would we do that? Yet only 18 Republicans objected to the resolution passed by the House this week. 18 Republicans. Andy Biggs, Dan Bishop, Lauren Boebert, Madison Cawthorn, Ben Klein, Michael Cloud, Warren Davidson, Matt Getz, Bob Good, 
Marjorie Taylor Greene, Morgan Griffith, Thomas Massey, Tom McClintock, Mary Miller. She's she she seems pretty good from Illinois, a newer member. Ralph Norman, Matt Rosendale, Chip Roy, and Jefferson Van Drew of New Jersey. So, folks, we're not we're not making progress. All these Republicans going around, oh, inflation, oh, this and that. You're fueling this. You are fueling the new current thing. And this is what we need to realize. It was COVID and then it was Ukraine. And for a while, even BLM, a good number of the Republicans bought into it. And they actually started on police reform policies, if you remember. They bought into it. They bought into January 6th. To this day, almost all of them are off message. They literally, you know, try to go for 15, 20 years in prison for some people who never even entered the Capitol. Or if they did, they were let in by the police and never did anything violent, um, you know, disruptive or broke property or anything. So that's the point. What we're doing is not working. What are some of the things we need to change? And this is what I want you guys to think about. How we could have not just this election season, but off-season, seven days a week, political engagement. It means parallel economies. It means boycotting the boycotters. It means pressuring your local businesses and institutions the way the left does. Making them feel the pain the way they make us feel the pain. You know, clearly from COVID, they didn't feel the pain. To this day, we have not extirpated COVID fascism from our body politic. And I don't just mean, oh, because in the bluest of cities, they're bringing back masks. Because even in the red areas, they um, they haven't changed anything. Most of them. Most of them have not fully banned masks from the state. And again, there's very few people running on that. We happen to be blessed. Now, it's going to be very tough to win a general election here. But we have Dan Cox running for governor, who literally, he's in the the Maryland State House. And he was the only guy standing to represent people in lawsuits against Lockdown Larry's lockdowns. And, uh, you know, he's obviously running on medical freedom. But again, I want you to understand, it's not just that medical freedom encompasses the right to life and liberty in its most literal sense more than any other issue you can imagine. And it's not even just that COVID fascism was the catalyst for the economic woes that we suffer today. It's also the fact that it represents the challenge we're up against, which is not any one issue And certainly not a traditional issue. Guns, taxes, inflation, economy, jobs, wages. That's not what it is. And it it could affect all of that. It is a matter of Western elites that we have allowed over the period of too long, longer than we think. We're setting time bombs certainly in government, but also in corporations and business and every cultural institution. Everything you can imagine, every profession, every professional association and certification and board, there's nothing they haven't touched. In every Western country, 
and they believe they are God and they could shape and mold us and do anything they want to us and do murderous things in order to achieve their agenda. Whether it's pathogens, whether it's food shortages, whether it's demolition of the economy, whatever it is. And until you address that and get people here in, ele elected that will push us more into a national divorce, unless we do that, everything else we're doing is meaningless. Now, our guest segment today is sponsored by Birch Gold. With all the inflation, the one thing that is always a good bet is precious gold and silver at a time when they're talking about digital currency go with what always works inflation will continue to skyrocket the dollar will continue to go down make sure your nest egg is worth something i recommend birch gold while there's many companies they've been around a long time they have an a plus rating with the better business bureau thousands of satisfied customers but also what they specialize in is converting your ira or 401k into a tax sheltered account every year i owe money you know, I, I, I like being on the owing side because then I know how much to put into tax-exempt things so government doesn't steal it, at least for now. And, you know, I've been uh, – until now, I was putting it in the stock market, but I think we're all realizing that has come to an end. So, again, if you want to actually have your nest egg worth, worth something, text DANIEL to 989898 to get, a, to get a free info kit on gold. There's no obligation to get that info. Again, text DANIEL to 989898 to protect your savings with gold. So when looking across the spectrum of other conservative radio show hosts, figures, it truly is hard to find anyone who's on message. I mean, I literally feel like Jeremiah walking through the ruins and everyone's sitting and partying. Oh my God, look at the Democrats, look at Biden, they're pathetic. Ha ha, they're going to get crushed in the election. And I'm thinking like, we're the ones getting crushed. I mean, they're still winning. Our liberties are taken away. COVID fascism has not been uprooted. Uh, what, what COVID fascism bro broadly reflects, where it's coming from and where it's headed, certainly has not been uprooted. Um, they complain about the economy and inflation, but in fact, all the policies Republicans bought into have catalyzed this. So where is their evidence it's going to change? And what do we need to do to change the game? Well, one guy who's consistently been on message is Jesse Kelly. All of you are familiar with him. If you're not following him on Twitter, especially with him, for some reason, not canned from Twitter yet, uh, it's Jesse <laughs> Kelly DC on Twitter. He is the host of the Jesse Kelly Show, which is rapidly growing. Very funny, very informative. And today he's going to share his rendition exclusively with CR Podcast. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us for the first time today at CR Podcast. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me. I'm a big fan of yours as well. And I mean, to the point you just brought up, I, yes, Democrats are losing. There's no question. Democrats are losing. They're losing. They're losing the message. They're going to lose in the midterms. They're losing parents, losing this, losing this, and all that's fine. But who's winning? You know, just because they're losing doesn't mean the good guys are winning. And that, that is the problem we have right now. We're we're so anxious to get a win out there, and we're looking at midterms that might be bad for the Democrats. We're thinking, oh, it's going to be great. Biden sucks. He's going to step down. Midterms, yeah. But if we take power, if someone takes power after the midterms, and maybe 2024, who's holding power? Because if it's the same losers that locked us down before, that was Republicans, not Democrats. Same losers who printed $7 trillion before, that was Republicans, not Democrats. Same losers who passed several bills 
under COVID during lockdowns that brought about this inflation. That was Republicans, not Democrats. Then what do we gain? What do we what do we gain? We feel a little better, but we don't gain anything. Exactly. And also, you know, don't we live in a new paradigm where it's not Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and your 28 year old Democrat consultant running Democrat Party campaigns that's so much the threat? And they might feel bad now and be in, in bad straits because they think they're going to lose if your job is a Democrat consultant. But I I always think about what is Charles or Klaus Schwab or or Bill Gates? What are they thinking? Are they really scared? And somehow I don't think they are. What do you think? Oh, well, of course they're not scared because what would they be scared of? Who would they be scared of? I mean, what is the and I honestly don't even know if this is a word, but I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. So you just got to deal with it. What's the disincentive for Bill Gates, for Pfizer, for the FDA, CDC, for Klaus Schwab? What's the disincentive for them to do what they do? Why would they stop doing it? Is there anything out there stopping them? Anything at all? Any reason they might even stop? I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Burks has been all the rage. He's been in the news lately. Dr. Burks lied several times to the American people. And now, not only did she lie to the American people, she lied to the President of the United States to manipulate public policy. Suicides went through the roof. The economy is now in utter ruin, in large part because of her and the people like her. And she is so concerned about what's going to happen to her that she promptly went home and penned a book bragging about doing all of those things where she'll now make millions of dollars. Why does she feel comfortable doing that? Not one Republican in the United States of America, not one, I don't care, national, state level, not one is talking about having her arrested, put on public trial, and sending her to Fort Leavenworth prison for the rest of her natural life. So if she never has that, why would she stop? Of course she's going to keep lying and manipulating and, and committing mass, basically genocide, which is what we've done in this country. There's no disincentive. So she's never going to stop. We don't even, we don't even create the illusion that there might be a disincentive. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> no, and that's the funny thing. Like with the Tea Party, and we all know the history of that, I was starting off this year saying, how do we ensure we don't repeat the same mistakes, that 2022 doesn't become like 2010? But now uh, we're not even there because at least there they were all in a unified voice railing against the issue of the time, which was broadly the spending, specifically Obamacare, and, you know, repeal and replace what well, was repeal and then became repeal and replace and then codify. But here they're not even pretending. It's like, you know, they're running on inflation and economy broadly as if it's 1997. Not like this is a controlled demolition type of thing that came out of COVID and to a certain extent Ukraine, which they all buy into. Um, they're just like they're not even addressing our issues. So I guess my question to you is this. I'm starting at the premise for this discussion for practically what our audience could do and the mentality and strategies they need to pursue. I'm starting with people who genuinely recognize that what we're doing is not working. They genuinely recognize that the Republican party is full of grifters, frauds, and people that support the other side. So I'm not saying, Hey, like how do we change the old right to the new right you know, so you don't have more Mitch McConnell's. You know, that, that's, that's obvious. I mean, it should be obvious to anyone. But even people that genuinely want to do the right thing, what are some of the mistakes we've all been making our entire political careers that need to change? 
Well, there are a few things, but one, let's begin with, uh, you brought up his name, Mitch McConnell, but this applies to really virtually all federal D.C. GOP politicians. We think we're going to get mad enough or get outraged enough that they're going to stop screwing us at every chance. That's never going to happen. They're never going to stop screwing us, and they're never going to lose their races. Well, very rarely are they going to lose their races. They're there are some extreme situations where you have some Republican in the House voted to impeach Trump. A lot of those guys are going to go down. But for the most part, D.C., the D.C. GOP, it is what it is. We focus on them and we're mad at them. And I get mad, I'm guilty of this, too. I get mad at them all the time. That doesn't do us anything. We need to, and I hate this because it sounds like giving up, but we need to let D.C. go. We need to let the federal yes. government go. It is gone. It is broken. It is broken way beyond repair. You are not fixing it. If you had a, if the whole House and whole Senate was Republican by 2024, and uh, you know, pick your new guy, Ron DeSantis is the president by 2024. You still have decades of work you need to do to try to fix what is broken. Yeah. Now that's the bad news. The good news is this: if we do what Democrats have done for 60, 70 years, and we focus locally. We have so with such a greater number than they do, we can overwhelm them and begin our farm team. You shouldn't be worried about the midterm elections in Congress in 2024. You, you specifically, listening to the sound of my voice, should be running to school, for school board right now. You should be running for city council. You should be running for sheriff. You should be running for DA. You should be fortifying your local mm. town and running the communists out of your local area. And from there, if we start from the bottom up, from there, 10 years from now, that person's a state senator, then a House guy, then an actual senator. But the problem is normal people, they don't feel qualified and they feel scared. Well, I'm not qualified. I'm not, I, can't, I'm, I can't run for school board. I don't even have kids. I don't have a degree. No, 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 no. The communist pieces of filth who currently occupy those positions, they're not qualified. It never enters their head whether or not they're qualified because they're there spreading their religion far and wide. If you don't care enough to get aggressive and purge them out of every level of government and spread your religion and push your values far and wide, then we don't have a country anymore. And I want to address this part, too. Sorry to go off here. When it comes to schools, the old right would say things so many times, and it drives me insane because I still hear people saying, I just want politics out of schools. Oh, if we could just get the politics out. No politics in schools. Okay, stop being a child. Teachers are not robots. Teachers have biases. Your, your child will be taught for seven, eight hours a day by somebody with a bias. You don't want politics out of schools. You better have your politics put in schools or we're finished. This idea the old right clings to, that, that, that there will somehow be some kind of neutrality. Oh, I just don't want politics in there. There's no such thing as neutrality when you're dealing with, with an aggressive, demonic, evil communist enemy as we are who wakes up every single day and they dream about destroying the next thing they can find you can't neutral your way out of that you can't live and let live your way out of that you would better start developing an aggressive winner mentality because that's what they have and that's why they're winning well well said and i think it's very evident in your your area so my dream and i know you share my value i think we're we could be the only two out there. Maybe Steve Days is number three uh, that believe in this. I know Steve does. DC is gone. I, I joke around, but it's not a joke. I wouldn't even contest the presidential election 
Go have it. Um, we have, if you would just take the places with trifecta super majorities, now they're a bunch of psychopaths too, but it's a reflection, let's say broadly, where the people kind of are um, in a good swath of the country, and I only need one state to, to flee to, but certainly you could easily do this in 10, 15, 20. Um, you know, we should be able to do whatever we want. But the reality is you go to Texas, you're in Texas. You go to the GOP convention, and I, I have no criticism of it from what I saw. I mean, it sounds like me. It's awesome. The stuff they were saying, the resolutions they were adopting. But then you look at the elected representation. I mean, the bottom line is Greg Abbott won, like, what, 70% of the vote in the primary there. Um, he still hasn't apologized for what he did. We have doctors getting screwed over for not wearing a mask to this day pursuant to his order. Um, he'll buy into the next current thing, but he'll indulge our voices enough to neutralize any, any effect. I'm not seeing Texas being Texas. I'm not seeing any agenda there. And also, as you answer this, I, I, I would love to see if you agree with me. I, I, I hear Texas conservatives um, nostalgically admire that they meet in the legislature for three minutes every other year. <laughs> but if you're going to have an executive branch, federal and state, that shoves communism through the Department of Health and Department of Education 24-7, 365 days a year, don't you need more aggressive power through the grassroots, through their elected representatives, to freaking combat that. Yes, because what we should be doing is overwhelming them at the state level right now. I said before, the second Roe versus Wade got overturned, pick your gun law, pick anything. State legislatures need to start get, coming up with legislative agendas and then meeting and then passing things day after day after day after day after day after day. What happens is the right they make this mistake, especially at the state level. We are so enamored with the thought of peace and quiet that we'll have you'll have some state GOPs. We call it Texas. They'll pass some pro-life law, and then what happens? The communists nationwide freak out, and there's media saturation, and women will die, and there's all this stuff. And what happens is the right stops. We stop. We pause. We back off. Okay, let's let's let this pause. Let's let this die down. It's a lot of noise. No, 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 no. You should have passed pro-life legislation that morning and then pro-gun legislation that afternoon and then meet the very next morning and pass pro-border control legislation. Then meet, then meet that afternoon and pass taxes. Stop being afraid of their constant state of outrage and start feeding them what they hate over and over and over and over again. These people only understand fear and pain. Figure out what they dislike and feed it to them until they beg for mercy or they scream and run to a different place, which is what we should be doing. You should aggressively be passing anti-communist legislation at the, every single GOP state level. Texas, Texas sucks. Texas is already warning people about the Texas power grid being overwhelmed. Why? Because we have a bunch of idiotic solar panels and stupid windmills and, <laughs> and stuff like that. We're going green, and that's the GOP-led Texas. GOP, I see GOP congressmen in this area running ads, reduce carbon. We can't even agree that carbon <laughs> isn't a poison now. The second you hand the communist that, then you've already lost on the climate change stuff. We play their game on their field with their referees enforcing their rules, and we wonder why we lose every single time. <laughs> Jeez. It's like nothing more to say after that because that's the thing. I don't want to hear about a narrow Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, you know, the prospect of a Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, narrow rhino majority in Congress with Biden still as president or whoever else they put in there and the Republicans being you can't shut down the government so you take off all your leverage off the table. 
when we have supermajority trifectas, when they're not only not doing anything, but the departments of health are still promoting the communist crap with the, the mask and the clot shots. And, and, and no matter how much data show these shots are just, I mean, I, I can't even wrap my heart and mind around what these things appear to have caused. And the Republicans still promote the hell out of them. Nothing changes in all these state departments of health. Um, isn't it interesting? You look at the Florida governor. And he's doing kind of what you're suggesting, that no huddle offense. So every day he'll hold another press conference and open up a new front on another issue. So before they can get hyped up about don't say gay, he's on there saying, hey, I'm going to kick the illegals out. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to distribute Pfizer's poison one after another. And I don't see him being marginalized as like. Man, the guy that only Jesse Kelly and Daniel Hurwitz like, you look at the polling, this guy looks like he's going to be a consensus, you know, plus 15, plus 20 candidate in the general election. Well, he's going to walk to re-election because he actually, the people, the Republicans are under this impression that people crave peace and calm. And honestly, people themselves are under the impression they, they crave peace and calm, but that's not true. People crave leadership right now. They're dying for balls. They're dying for leadership. They want to see somebody with the spine and tell all the corruptness, no, screw you, we're fighting back. And yet, But this is so rare. that The problem with DeSantis is that there's only one of them. Why is there only one of them? I mean, I don't, I don't know the man personally. I've nothing against him. I love a lot of what I see. But why is there one Ron DeSantis? Why aren't there 20 Ron DeSantis? We have to have one, and we barely got him. Had the other guy not been caught in a messed-out gay sex orgy in a hotel in Florida, we probably <laughs> wouldn't have even got DeSantis. But, but we have one. There's one guy in the country. Everyone else is scared or a blowhard. I mean, I look back on the way Republicans responded to COVID, and it sickens me. It was the most disheartening thing I've ever seen. To this day, you can go on video and see all of them bragging. To this day, they haven't changed. No, of course. No, I've been vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Have you been vaccinated? I'm wearing my mask. There was no there was no pro liberty side to the whole thing. It was, it was disgraceful what happened. And and that's this is what has befuddled me. You know, I gave up on primaries. I mean, I was I was a rhino hunter for a while around the time that you ran for Congress, um, and I was dealing with that. And I started to realize they win no matter what because they, they broadly indulge our comments and inveigh against the left as, as a false flag. Um, but, you know, smart people could decipher what they're saying. But to the average person, it sounds nice. Who has the who wins? The guy who has the most money, who has the most money, the biggest dirtbag who gets the industry money, um, but says the exact opposite of why he's getting the industry money. So then I thought that this year's primaries would be the watershed moment for us because they were the first primaries that were after the fundamental reset all these cathartic moments um you know the covid revolution the blm revolution the uh january 6th obviously which is huge which you know 90 percent of republicans still buy into into the the narrative on that and i'm telling you jesse this has been the worst primary season i've ever seen so we had deep red states that you know, had all these lockdown governors or at least open seats where you can get a better person in. We have failed to get a single person in that even speaks our language. I guess uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona presumably will be the only one this cycle. So that might be your, your number two. But if you look around the map, and I'll stand by this, there is not a single other close second 
anywhere in the country, even if it's a Trump plus 30 state. Why? Because we don't love freedom. Now, we, we say we do. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. We say we do, but we don't genuinely love it. We don't have an appreciation for it. And I'm speaking specifically about the right here. I'm speaking about the right. We love to say freedom. We love to sing the songs. We love the national anthem. We wave the flag when a bunch of Marines uh, walk by. But we, we don't actually understand what freedom is. We certainly don't understand what it means to keep it or to earn it. The communists, to his credit, I've said a thousand times, I really do, I admire this about them, and I have times where I wish I was one, because the communist, <laughs> the communist believes in what he sells, and the communist, he'll fight for it, he'll die for it, he'll kill for it. He wakes up every single day, and he is devout in his religion. He wakes up every single day, and he is committed to his God, yep. his God of death and destruction. Every single day he wakes up for it. We who are free. I've never seen them make mistakes. No, no, of course, course, because they never stop. They never stop. Meaning, even if they make a mistake, yeah, it might just be because the American people aren't quite there yet. But what I mean by mistake is you'll never inadvertently have a communist one day wake up and help promote the other side's cause. No, of course, well, they would never dream of it. I mean, right now, people think. Uh, it, it, the general consensus right now, left, right, middle, if you talk to, you know, quote, smart people out there, said Joe Biden's presidency has been a, a tremendous failure. No, it hasn't. No, no, it hasn't at all. What has, Joe, what has Joe Biden done that Republicans will reverse when they take power? Nothing. Joe Biden has not done a single thing that Republicans will reverse when they take power. It's been, it will end up being a four-year gain for their side. We will take power back. We won't take any of those gains back, let alone take all the gains back and actually play offense and gain ground. So Joe Biden's presidency has been a wild success, a wild, a huge success for everybody. Who's losing? Who's losing? Jen Psaki, uh, that current idiot, Corinne Diversity hire, Ron Klain, Susan Rice. The second Joe Biden gets bounced at 2024 or gets asked to resign here in about six months, all those people will go right to Harvard and make half a million a year. Janet Yellen will go back to Wall Street, make $5 million a year giving speeches. And in the end, the country is way further left than it was when they first took the reins because we don't have an opposition party. We have a loser mentality, a bunch of weak, spineless losers who don't genuinely appreciate freedom. And that's just the elected people. Let's talk about our people who do the voting. You brought up Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott during coronavirus was an absolute disgrace, a tyrant, a scared little sissy, and a disgrace. He had a salon owner for trying to cut hair and pay her bills. He had a salon owner arrested. He would issue these decrees telling restaurants how many people they're allowed to have in them. And the Republicans of blood-red Texas were so upset by his COVID tyranny, they went out with, I think there were three other great candidates running against him, and he walked to re-election. We don't love freedom. We say we love freedom. We love the idea of freedom. We don't have any idea what it is, any idea how to keep it, any idea how to fight for it at all. Wow. On that note, um, there is one other point that I find you make often. You know, in the past, there was this thought that the more oblique your argument is, the more glancing it is, 
well, you know, you're taking on less uh, liability, so you'll be more politically auspicious. You basically agree to 90% of their premise and then, you know, fight the other 5-10%. And I'm finding they're still doing that. It's fascinating. So if you remember with COVID, remember COVID, the problem was the Kennedy Center. I'm like, no, it's the COVID funding that's the problem, right? And they could never militate against the premise. And then even to this day, and I know you'll appreciate this, I, I, I don't find others saying this, but I'm, dr I'm driven nuts by the, the tranny issue. If you speak to your average Republican and even conservative, it's the female sports issue. I'm like, okay, that, that's a very side, you know, logistically absurd outcome from what they're doing. It's not a female sports fairness issue, right? Oh, of course. You, you nailed this one again, as you so often do. We give them so much of the ground they've taken, and then we fight for like five yards at the end. That's our goal line defense. We fight for five yards at the end. Well, no, no, no. I mean, obviously, I love to say, look, I love trans people. You, you, you do what you want. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I love gays or gay marriage, gay marriage all day. I'm so compassionate. Whoa. <laughs> You're, you're winning a, a swim race at Penn? This is an outrage. Let's get them out of the pool. No, maybe the problem is we're telling men who think they're women that they actually are women, and we're allowing a medical community and psycho, uh, psychological community to mutilate human beings who need real mental health uh, care. Instead, we're allowing them to chop their penises off and pretending they're going to become women. We've allowed this, this relentless perversion of this, this, this part of our society. We've allowed it to take over everything. And our society, our side specifically, is so obsessed with looking compassionate to the communist pieces of filth who are trashing the country that they won't bother actually fighting for anything at all. That's the part we fight for. It's the part I don't give a crap about at all. I don't give a crap about female swimmers at UPenn. None of those swimmers <laughs> ever even cared enough to boycott and protect their sports. So screw all them. I care about the fact that we have a society of young men who think they be can become women, and young women who think they be can become men. It's time to start locking up doctors in prison. It's time to start locking up psychiatrists in prison. Pharmaceutical executives need to go to prison. It's time to start sending people to federal prison for blatantly violating the mental health and degrading this nation into something that is Sodom and Gomorrah, and we are going to all be a pure assault here before too long. How is it that I'm the one kicked off Twitter and you're still there? It's unbelievable, but we need you. We need you as our ambassador of sanity right now because I, I like I'm I'm immensely enjoying this. I can't find this discussion anywhere. I'll give you another example with that. So I literally, and I just wrote a column on this yesterday. We have the worst violation of the Nuremberg Code ever. It's like Joseph Mengele times ten. So not only do they force a thrombotic clot shot that seems to do more than 14,000 categories of stuff to your body and has negative efficacy against the ailment it was uh, you know, concocted for. But now they're, de they're denying kidney transplants to those who don't get the poison. But like you said, those same doctors will cut someone's balls off without batting an eyelash. I mean, this is what has happened to our medical profession, and I'm not seeing anyone legislatively addressing this. I'm not seeing, you know, rhetorically anything like that. So, I mean, I think this is another big thing that conservatives are always like, I'll never forget. It's like, well, you know, Trump let out more blacks from jail than, than, uh, 
you know, anyone else than Obama did. I'm like, what? Well, the, the, the black vote has nothing to do with that. That they they ravage their communities even more. These criminals. Like, what are you saying? And and again, these are conservatives everywhere. They're looking for their cheap ephemeral talking point. Do you feel that social media has destroyed the intellect of our side? No. Well, maybe. No, I feel like social media was it never is, there. Well, I feel like social media is like anything else. I feel like there are tremendous benefits and tremendous drawbacks to it, like there are in any society. I mean, you can point to a thousand negatives on social media, and you'd probably be correct. But you can also point to the fact that it is your only chance for access to real information now that our system is so inhumanly broken and corrupt beyond repair that all you get are lies everywhere you turn. And I'll finish with this. I mean, you brought up COVID and doctors and thought shot and things like that. I mean, the FDA, now what I'm about to say is not an opinion. This is a fact. We have Pfizer being forced to release documents. They were forced to, they didn't want to. The FDA said it would take 75 years, but they were forced to release the Pfizer documents. Our Food and Drug Administration knew immediately, one month, one month after the release of these vaccines, they knew it had, quote, waning efficacy. They knew oftentimes it didn't work at all. They knew there would be follow-up shots and boosters needed. And yet the Food and Drug Administration felt completely comfortable lying to a country of 330 million people about that fact. The only reason I know these lies, the only reason you know these lies, is social media and our ability to sift through accurate information and tell people these things. This is a good thing, not a bad thing. Yes, social media makes mm. a bunch of people dumber and people do dumb things. I've, I've done dumb things on there all the time. But the truth is, unless you're willing to ignore all the news you're being fed by everybody, not just the media, Republicans, Democrats, doctors, everybody, and go sift through and find your own information, then you live in a world of make-believe. Whether you want to believe it or not, you are being fed lies from everywhere, and you believe things that are simply not true. You, you exist in a world that is not real. I don't want to exist in that world, and social media helps me not exist in that world. Final thing, I know we're over time here. Let's close with national divorce. I just want to get your take on, I think anyone here is smart enough to understand that is the only solution. That is the only, because we could barely make red areas red, so you're certainly not going to control their stuff. You're not going to change DOJ. You're not going to change FDA and CDC. There's nothing to drain. It's like saying, you know, you're going to drain, you know, Gaza. I mean, there's nothing to drain. That is what it is. Um my question to you is, what is the surest way of achieving that, or is it out of a, out of our hands, and it's more from the vantage point of the left that's going to force that? Well, and I apologize, I've got to I've got to run here, but I do want to tell you uh, we can't achieve it. I, it's just a dream that we can achieve it, or that we can push it through. We will achieve it inevitably on our own anyway. As people retreat to the red states, they flee the blue states, they start to push through more red legislation. The communists are getting more ravenous and hungry every day. We're getting more horrified by them every day. A separation is inevitable. Well, that is a good positive note to end here. Again, the Jesse Kelly Show, at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us, and please come back again. Thank you, bud. Take care. 
So there you have it, folks. You can find this show on iTunes if you like it. Um, and I don't blame you if you want to bail for me and listen to him. I could listen to that all day. I was just cracking up. He is so funny. Um, he so gets it. He so, so gets it. And uh, wow. Imagine if um, if we had that. I can't find that elsewhere. But he understands. It's You have to be indefatigable. You have to be relentless. You can't make peace with them because they're not going to make peace with you. You have to stay focused. It's not it's it's local, it's not federal, but even local, don't treat it the same way you treat federal elections. You have to dog the issues, dog the legislation, meet ahead of time. This is what we're gonna do. Have my my dream is, and I'm I'm actually gonna try to work this out. And if any of you wanna be on the list as a state legislator, let me know. To get, you know, the best three state legislators in each red state on a on a group chat together, and you kind of plan the top ten issues introduce parallel legislation and blitz it and that's what we're gonna have to do but again it's not just the technical legislation it's building the culture behind that as well um you have to fight power with power you have to fight bias with bias you can't neutral your way out of this you can't peace and hope your way out of this um people crave for calm no they don't they crave for leadership i mean these are all really good points and after listening to Jesse, you're going to see why everything you hear in the conservative movement is just off the mark. It's misinformation. It's a deflection. And sometimes it's downright subversive. So, you know, his positive note, I agree with that by hook or by crook, the left is so unrelenting that they are going to force some sort of resolution for the first time. It might not be as quickly as we want, but you know, until a few years ago, you really never had a mass phenomenon of people moving based on the politics of an area. You know, that what that just wasn't something you considered. You would consider crime, which often reflected that, but not like, okay, I can't be with, with these leftists. So hopefully as that goes on, um, you know, we're gonna start fl- flushing the GOP swamp. <coughs> And getting better people, <laughs> and again, it's local. Sheriff, prosecutor, county council, city council, school board. This is where it's going to matter. This is where it's going to matter. Be fearless. Um, I want to follow up with just one, one of the many terrific points that he packed in there. And, and we discussed, which is the fact that the Republicans forever codify acquiesce to agree and even help magnify the immoral illogical premise of the left on any given issue they seed the ground and then complain um I'm, so i'm watching a lot of commentary now on well you know what's going on now with all this child grooming that that was never the agenda of the left the traditional left and even the lgqf movement this is a new thing and, I mean, they might be right in some sense that, yes, you know, yesterday's leftists weren't pushing this, which just demonstrates how far the Overton uh, window has moved. But that Overton window has only moved because you accepted it. That at some point, the GOP accepted that gay marriage is, an, is a thing. That somehow it's normal to redefine marriage and call a relationship between two males and two females... Somehow that's a marriage. Again, we, no one was ever talking about criminalizing them, throwing them. We're just saying 
you're the one coming for a redefined benefit to redefine something that that it just that's just not what it is. It's absurd if that's what you want to do, just like people want to have premarital sex, extramarital, you know, all of its forms of sinful behavior, and we don't codify anything around it. You don't accommodate that, and you recognize it's wrong, whether there's people who fall into it or not, just like heterosexual promiscuity. It's, it's, it's no different in that respect. But I, I didn't even realize it until recently. It hit me. I was like, am I the only one in the conservative movement that's not okay with the homosexual agenda? Like, am I, you know, and I'm, I'm not old, and yet you have those that are twice my age that are fine with it. It's just, it's just bizarre. But it's that sort of mentality that got us to where we are today. That's why you now have the borderline pedophilia grooming and all this stuff in the drag queen hour. It's because that is where it was coming from. You're right. It doesn't necessarily have to follow intellectually. But practically, if you understood who these people were vociferously pushing for gay marriage and why you would do it, it was the same thing they pushed for constant masking. Okay? And even economically, the same thing, you know, Biden's now out there saying, hey, this is awesome. Gas is down to only 430 instead of 5. That's the new normal to groom you into being acculturated to a new normal. So then they can move the, 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 the goal line down. Okay, now you're okay with this much of a controlled demolition. Now we start with first and goal from this new field position. So interestingly enough, Democrats, in their mind, they think it's going to put Republicans in a pickle because Clarence Thomas basically said, yeah, Obergefell is even more indefensible than Roe, which I've always said. Because Roe, at the end of the day, it still is, you're killing the baby, but it, it, it is a part of the woman's body. Whereas here, you're literally demanding from the state a certain benefit, a positive affirmative benefit of something that whatever your values are, it's, it's just not a marriage. And you certainly can't say that a state is precluded from defining marriage the way it's always been. I'm saying legally and intellectually, that was even more indefensible. It was insane, that ruling. So what they're going to do is they're going to pass a bill today, as we're speaking, out of the House, a resolution basically affirming creating a federal marriage mandate that all, you know, same-sex relationships have to be recognized by the states as a marriage, which is interesting because two years prior to Obergefell, in the Windsor opinion, Anthony Kennedy blatantly said, no, states get to decide. There's no federal, you know, uh, avenue in the Constitution to make states uh, redefine marriage. So that's when he said feds can't get involved in marriage. Now, that was wrong because the feds actually did not preclude the states that wanted gay marriage from doing it. It was DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, was for federal purposes. So, you know, well, what's a spouse in terms of Social Security, in terms of immigration, you know, um, green card benefits, visas, uh, you know, military, things like that. It was federal. They were not preventing those states whereas what they're doing is actually just that they're preventing states from defining marriage as it is now either way the stupid red states which aren't red felt compelled by obergefell which they never should have been because frankly they they loved it 
And that's when we lost it. Everyone wonders, why are we here today? It's because you tossed that fight. Because we never stood in front of the American people and made the simple argument of how intellectually vapid, much less morally bankrupt, the concept of a so-called gay marriage is. To strike down state marriage laws, the court declared that marriage is no longer a special union between one man and one female. As such, they had an obligation to explain to the country, well, what the hell is a marriage? They were appallingly silent. Okay? And if you note, if you notice in the resolution the Democrats are voting on, it says, you know, you can't uh, discriminate against anyone who comes for a marriage license, any two people. Whoa, whoa. Where did you get that to? If you're saying a marriage, the most fixed definition you could ever have, the building block of all civilization, is no longer one man and one woman, then where did you get the two from? Why is that defined? If marriage is no longer limited to one man and one woman, why should it not include polyamory, polygamy, incestuous relationships? Again, were marriage to be redefined through the political process, right, we could have done this. We shouldn't have, but I'm just saying the court never did that. And there are actually three reasons why the aforementioned relationships I just mentioned actually have a stronger case for recognition of a marriage than homosexual couples. From a natural law perspective, obviously... You know, whatever you think of it, a polygamous, polyamorous, and incestuous marriages can result in procreation. Okay? The other thing is, you know, the, the litmus test we say is deeply rooted in history and tradition. Say what you want, but polygamy is relatively more rooted in history than a gay marriage. I mean, until two, the year 2000, really, nobody considered that a marriage. They might have done it, engaged in that behavior, but just like you have premarital relations, you know, so you had this, and people did that, and whatever. There's all different forms of sin. But it was never going to be regarded as a marriage. While marriage encompasses a lot more than simply having children, procreation has been the hallmark of the institution since its inception. That's a defining characteristic differentiating a marriage from any other friendship or relationship. Moreover, Kennedy in his ruling in Obergefell, if you remember, when he fabricated this new constitutional right, he said it's because you have a right to dignity, nobility, protection against stigmas, and the right to define and express their identity. Well, if Kennedy believes it's a responsibility and prerogative to bestow these new post-constitutional rights on perhaps the most powerful and trendy class of people in the country, how much more so for a group that is still scorned, stigmatized, and denied their dignity, they should have the right to express their identity, right? Homosexual marriages are glorified you know, throughout Hollywood, whereas these other relationships are still heavily stigmatized. Don't they need an even greater degree of protection? Again, if you read Kennedy's opinion, that's what should come out. Where is their right to love? Okay? I mean, these are basic arguments that should have always been made. And then third, what about children of these relationships? 
Shouldn't we be concerned with removing the stigma from their children? Just like Kennedy was so concerned. He talked about the stigma of adopted children of same-sex couples. Well, unlike children of homosexual relationships, with by de- which by definition are only adopted, polygamist relationships, which can be produced biologically, don't they deserve protection against <coughs> such stigma? Again, I'm not making political and societal arguments. I'm just saying legally, that's the reality. I mean, this was so obvious, yet Republicans never made that argument. At the end of the day, results are for God. We can't guarantee them. But it's our responsibility to make the smartest argument, the most articulate argument. But at the end of the day, it has to be a principled argument. And it has to be ultimately rooted in, and certainly not in um, contravention to, biblical law. I'm sorry. That is what distinguishes a conservative. And we ceded the moral high ground a long time ago. You look at the left. There's not a single thing they do not couch in religious innuendo and dogma. Okay? The, everything they do is you are killing other people. You are God. They'll even invoke God all the time. Okay? And they invoke and evoke the morality of their immorality. But the old fake right tossed this fight for years. They threw the fight by failing to speak to the morality of our supposedly moral views. And therein lies the problem. Stop with these glancing arguments. Now, you could bring bring some of the more extreme manifestations and outcomes and consequences of the left's policy into your arguments. I'm not against talking about the female sports issue, but if you look at their, even their issue position statements and what they say, they actually won't say, like, you know, biological integrity and, you know, cultural Marxism and fighting, you know, what's a man, what's a woman, what's a marriage. No, they won't. They won't talk about that. It's the female sports issue. Like, it's a logistical problem. Yeah, totally problem. Cut someone's balls off in a hospital. <laughs> just get out of the pool. <laughs> that was just really funny, the way Jesse said that. That was awesome. <laughs> it's just pathetic. I guess I'm more in a laughing mood today, which is good. He actually got me in a good mood. I found that very invigorating to find a compatriot on this. But th- this is this is where it's at. If you are not figuring out how to further make red states red again, local elections in red areas, local issues, not, well, the civilization issues at a local level in red areas, how to further aggravate and foster um, a national divorce, you are off the mark. And the problem is everything that the conservative movement does focus on actually takes away people's ability to arrive at this conclusion because it continues with the sacred cows and the false idols of, oh, another federal Republican election and, oh, who's going to be the presidential candidates again? And, and then, then the issues they focus on and the distractions and, oh, look at the Democrats. They're getting crushed. No, they're not. No, they're not. 
You know why the Democrats didn't fear the 2010 election? Because at the end of the day, it was worth it. They got Obamacare. And do you know what Obamacare represents? The largest, most important sector of our economy. So it's not just that it represents, you know, whatever it is, you know, six trillion of our economy. It's that that is the key to life and liberty, as we learned painfully from biomedical fascism that, that we're under now. You control that, you control everything. You make people fear for their lives. Then that way you can dictate policy because it's all science and saving lives. We can do anything we want to you. We could deny any treatment we want. We could force upon you any treatment. That was worth it for them. What, what do we campaign on? The Keystone Pipeline? And then we didn't even get it. So that will be the new thing. We'll get the Keystone Pipeline in 2020. What is it? 2025. I mean, get get over it, folks. I, I, I've been there, done that. I played that stupid game, and I ain't playing it again. You know, move on from what doesn't work. What the other side is, it's like a game of Krav, uh, a, a, a contest of Krav Maga. You're on the ground. They're pummeling you. Punching you, gouging your eyes out, biting you, doing whatever it takes. You can't have this dogma of like, you know, there's different martial arts disciplines and sequences and, you know, lines of attack and, and techniques and, okay, you first do this and you parry and heel palm and step like this. At this point, it's just, it just survived by all means. And that's, that's where we're at. You can't be obsessed with any particular nostalgic way of doing things. We have to be principled and dogmatic about one thing. And that is specific outcomes. Outcomes. It, it doesn't mean that under no circumstances anywhere, there's nothing we won't do to achieve it. You know, regarding law and morality and whatever. But, you know, I'm not saying we're going to go round up anyone who is a registered Democrat and whatever and do what they do in that respect. But in terms of wiping out the forces and the policies that are engaged in genocide and tyranny against us, we need to do everything we can to flush that and immunize ourselves against it. And if you understand this discussion from, from Jesse and, 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 and myself today, you'll realize the void that's lacking among almost every one of these loudmouths. They just don't get it. So that's the thing. Our challenge is, I think, I think Jesse had three, four points there that really, really diagnosed the problem and broadly where we need to head. The challenge headed forward is, is finding those specifics that we can do. But I think, again, the contours are all there. It's local red areas, making them red, pushing national divorce, focusing on local issues, local candidates, um, pressuring them off-season, pressuring the institutions off-season, Ultimately, here's the deal. You have to fight evil with good. And God created a world where free will does win out. Okay? Free will is very, very uh, impactful. God gives it free reign. If 
the forces of evil, if their will is more defined, intrepid, unvarnished, indefatigable, and uncompromising, naturally, that is going to win out. I mean, it's both a spiritual principle, but it's also practical as well. And that's why we are where we are. And until we can match that intensity, and as George W. Bush said, strategery, then we're going to continue to be on the losing side of things. And I'm sick of losing. It's time we win. It's time for a new right. And that is all we have today. Again, send this show to every one of your friends and relatives, neighbors, anyone you know seeking, starving for solutions, starving for something new. And of course, uh, um, subscribe to The Jesse Kelly Show as well. Terrific, terrific show. Uh, let me know who you want to hear from. Who else is is kind of saying this stuff? We'll get him on the show. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really is helping with the algorithms. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.